This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Good morning. Today is May Day or International Workers Day. I'm Justin Bull in for Aaron Allen, and this is The Rundown. The city is struggling right now to care for dozens of asylum seekers arriving on a daily basis. Some city council members are calling it a humanitarian crisis. Alderman Mike Rodriguez represents the 22nd Ward. He told my colleague Tessa Weinberg, that asylum seekers, some with young children, are staying at police stations as the city looks for other shelter options. And the last family that just arrived has a three-year-old with two parents and a mother who's eight months pregnant and hadn't changed her clothes in a week. It's, 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 it's really difficult to see these families sleeping on cold floors. Asked if cots could at least be provided to people overnight, Chicago Police Commander Robert Vanna says the stations wouldn't be able to store them. Right now, there are over 2,800 migrants being housed in seven shelters and one respite center. Meanwhile, Mayor Lori Lightfoot sent a letter to Texas Governor Greg Abbott yesterday urging his administration to stop plans to bus migrants to Chicago. She called the busing move inhumane and dangerous. Lightfoot's letter says that Abbott is planning to resume busing migrants to Chicago and other cities throughout the country starting today. My colleague Allison Novello at the Sun-Times reports that Lightfoot says she was sympathetic to the challenges that border cities face, but that, quote, the national immigration problem will not be solved by passing on the responsibility to other cities, end quote. She asked the Texas governor to treat these individuals with the respect and dignity that they deserve. Now, as we know, this is an issue that will soon become the responsibility for mayor-elect Brandon Johnson. He gets sworn in in just a couple of weeks on May 15th. His incoming deputy chief of staff, State Senator Christina Passioni zayas says Johnson is already trying to determine the future needs of the migrants beyond food and shelter. How do we support people in all of the other issues that they are going to be encountering, whether it is the health care, whether it is the legal status, whether it is getting their kids in school and making sure that they are okay. Passioni Zayas made those comments on Friday at a planning meeting with alderpersons and nonprofit groups. Thanks to my colleague Michael Puente for his reporting there. It was back in early January when Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a bill banning the sale and distribution of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in Illinois. Since then, the legislation has faced an onslaught of lawsuits. My colleague Mawa Iqbal reports that on Friday, a federal judge in southern Illinois temporarily blocked enforcement of the assault weapons ban. Judge Stephen McGlynn called the law a broad overreach in his ruling. He wrote that, quote, whether well-intentioned, brilliant or arrogant, no state may enact a law that denies its citizens rights that the Constitution guarantees them, end quote. Plaintiffs in the case represent a variety of gun rights advocates and organizations who argued semi-automatic weapons like the AR-15 are commonly used for self-defense and are therefore protected under the Second Amendment. The injunction halts enforcement of the ban statewide while the judge considers a final judgment. So, does that mean assault weapons can be purchased in Illinois again? CBS Chicago is reporting there isn't a clear answer. 
That's after one of their reporters called about a dozen Illinois gun stores to ask that question. Even sellers said they're not completely sure. And now for a few quick hits. Every customer of First Republic Bank is now a customer of J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase announced the acquisition overnight and said it is buying most of First Republic's assets, deposits, and certain liabilities. This is the third major bank failure in recent months. But NPR is reporting a spokesperson for the U.S. Treasury Department said the banking system remains sound and resilient. Jurors in the trial of four former ComEd executives and lobbyists accused of bribing former House Speaker Michael Madigan did not reach a verdict last week. They continue deliberations today. And Mayor Lightfoot announced that three new libraries are coming to the Humboldt Park, Back of the Yards, and Woodlawn neighborhoods as part of the city's Invest Southwest initiative. And in the weather, it is May, and that means it's still spring in Chicago. Cold, rainy, and windy today with a high of 45 degrees. Looking at the week ahead, we'll have highs in the 40s the first half of the week, but it should warm up a little bit later on this week. That's it for now. Later today, how can we reform the democratic process in Chicago, in Illinois, in America? I think that, yeah, if we have a higher voter turnout, that if we have more rich conversations between people, that if we can dispel some of the disinformation that is out there to help people be more discerning about what they consume and what they share, I think all of those things sound successful. Chicago Public Media Chief Content Officer Tracy Brown explains her goals for an ambitious new 18-month initiative from WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times. It's called the Democracy Solutions Project, and it kicks off today. You can hear that conversation right here today at 2 p.m. I'm Justin Bull, and I'll talk with you then.